Welcome to another edition of GVN's Talking Comics interview. On today's show, we have the pleasure of speaking to talented filmmaker and VFX artist Kenneth Liu. Kenneth's recent film, Artists in Agony, Hitman at the Coda Tea House, is a humorous, action-filled mockumentary in the style of Rob Reiner's This Is Spinal Tap. Coming on July 21st, Artists in Agony will be coming to Tubi. Today, we're going to talk to Kenneth about his start, his VFX work, and his films. Now here's your host, Martin Sexton. Welcome to another edition of GVN Talking Comics. I am your host, Martin, and today we have the pleasure of talking to talented filmmaker Kenneth Liu. Kenneth has been involved in filmmaking for some time now on the VFX side of the slate on such films as Captain America Civil War, Batman vs. Superman, and Guardians of the Galaxy, among others, but also in creating his own short films through his Mental Pictures label, films including Falsehood, White Wolf Zombie Killer, one to E4, The Girl Who Couldn't Come, and his latest, Artist in Agony, Hitman at the Coda Tea House. So we're going to talk to Kenneth about his early start in films, his VFX work, and his latest film. So let's welcome Kenneth Liu to GVN Talking Comics. How are we doing today, Ken? Good to be here. Really good. All right. Well, I appreciate it. Okay. So like I said, because this is the first time I've had the honor of talking to you, uh, we're going to uh, delve a little bit into your creative uh, history. And I know Mm -hmm. you graduated from the uh, Art Center College of Design Design with a bachelor's degree in film production, but were you always Mm -hmm. intrigued at film like right out of high school and whose work kind of inspired you to want to pursue that? Always. always. I'm I'm a a kid from the 80s, raised by a single mom. So escapism was my jam, you know? So I grew up around, you know, Terminator and John Carpenter movies and James Cameron movies and Luke Besson movies and John Woo movies. So that was my that was just right inside my uh, wheelhouse there. It's just that that I I saw that and I was like, ooh, I want to do that. That's what I want to do. So that's that's. So, I mean, like I said, so you also went into the VFX side of things. Uh, Mm -hmm. So uh, how did those opportunities arise? And initially, did you plan on branching out from that to filmmaking? Or was this just a a step in that evolution? It was a step. It was a step in the evolution. It was, uh, I graduated Art Center and a uh, college buddy of mine who went to Art Center as well, he was already in the visual effects industry. And so he kind of turned me onto it and was kind of selling it to me as like saying, hey, you know, as a filmmaker, it would be uh, a huge boon for, for you, like an arrow in your quiver, so to speak, to know all this stuff, to know all the n- nitty gritty about, you know, visual effects. And I thought to myself, I can't argue with that. So uh, he started kind of training me at home because, na- you know, you can kind of do that nowadays, which is great. Uh, So uh, he kind of let me come over his house and just practice uh, programs and practice the the whole art of it. And then once uh, I felt confident enough to, to, to try to, you know, work my way into the industry, uh, I got an opportunity to work on uh, Terminator Salvation. So it was quite a full circle moment for me. It was a big deal because I was like, I was inspired by the Terminator movies when I was a little boy. And then now I have an opportunity to actually work on a Terminator movie as a visual effects professional. So I, you know, I got a huge kick out of that. So, um, yeah, things kind of went full circle. So that's that's how I kind of fell into it. I've been, I would have been geeking out about that for just that reason. I said, hey, I, I love the Terminator and now I get to work on it. So I get my my hands in that. So that's, so that's Absolutely. Cool. Yeah. So OK, so 
Okay, so one of your earliest films was a four-part web piece called Falsehood. That uh, I, I gotta say that I love the premise of the film. Uh, you know, a court case against a big bad wolf for his supposed crimes against Little Red White Riding Hood and Grandma. Uh, uh, but I also love the uh, headlines that uh, were being shown when uh, Little Bo Peep was doing her. Uh, research before the final day of the trial where you had headlines like all oh, the king's men freed in the Humpty Dumpty trial and uh, of course there was an article rubbing all that on Mrs. Dash uh, seasoned in the little bull peep because uh, an article about her losing her sheep uh, which kind of makes you not surprised that uh, bull peeps on Prozac at least according to <laughs> on the film uh, so I love that and quite I love funny, that. actually. Yes. Thank okay, you so, so much. Uh, so uh, what made you decide to do that particular story? And uh, because it was one of your earlier films, did you have any apprehension in going in to making it? There's always apprehension. I have to tell you, Martin, always. Uh, <laughs> is this stupid is a question that is always in your mind. <laughs> oh, my God, is this dumb? But no, what happens is, is that I, if I usually get an idea that just sinks its hooks into my brain and won't let go, that's the sign that I'm kind of you know, I'm screwed. Like, oh, I got to do this. <laughs> so I was uh, nearing the uh, kind of point where I had to make a decision on what kind of thesis film I wanted to make for uh, college. So uh, I wasn't having any ideas because originally I wanted to do something like science fiction, something Hitchcockian, and nothing was coming out. Like nothing, I, I wasn't coming with any ideas. And then uh, while I was lamenting to uh, one of my college buddies, I was saying how, oh, the only thing I got is just this random idea where I thought, oh, it might be fun to put the big bad wolf on trial for what he did to Red Riding Hood and kind of do it as a, a trial drama, like a fantasy uh, trial drama. Uh, and uh, that idea just, you know, it sunk its hooks. And so uh, I figured that's a cool idea and just went with it. And then the next, you know, next thing I know, I'm. I'm I'm drawing, you know, uh, I'm drawing sketches and I have ideas and oh yeah, I'll make Red Riding Hood kind of like that femme fatale noir kind of, <laughs> you know, you know, you know what I mean? Like she came in and, and you know she she came in with that look in her eye and that whole you know that kind of like film noir stuff. So I got to indulge in some of my uh, favorite, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, thing favorite cinematic, uh, you know, elements so to speak. So, yeah. And so I, I knew that uh, I could, ah, I don't know, I just thought it'd be a fun idea. So I, I I did that one. Yes. And it was actually. OK, so like when you're, like I said, you're going through all the creative phrases, doing sketches and things. Is there somebody that you have to bounce your ideas off of, right, for someone who you would trust who would might tell you that, well, that's not a good idea or whatever? Or just uh, did you basically just, you know, take the bull by the horn and just do it yourself? Oh, no, no, no. Never, you never, no one ever gets there by themselves, honestly. Film is such a collaborative art form, whether it's your mom who tells you that is a dumb idea or <laughs> your brother or anybody. It, it's, it's, um, but yeah, to answer your question, I show everybody. I, I don't, even people uh, I don't trust. <laughs> so it's like, because you, you might, because you know that once it goes out in the world, there are going to be people like that as well. So, I mean, and just because someone doesn't like something, in fact, it might be the reason why they don't like something that makes me pull the trigger on an idea as well. So it's kind of like, uh, it, it's it, it's a fascinating feeling when the person that is telling you the opinion that is supposed to dissuade you actually makes you want to do it more. But uh, I've actually <laughs> had that happen too. So, no, nah, no, nah, I, 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 like I like opinions. 
just because I might disagree with him, it doesn't mean, oh, I won't do it or I'll fall to pieces or whatever. Because <laughs> if what I like about it is still there, there's nothing that will stop me, honestly. So. I said, well, that, well, that's interesting, you know, because some people, you know, will tie their their ego into it and, you know, get totally offended if someone, I remember way back in the day when I was drawing it early, I was a horrible, <laughs> I didn't take criticism well at all. Luckily, I got so much of it, I got used to it after a while, but I was horrible at that kind of thing. So I think it's interesting, especially in film, you know, where uh, you're, at least you're smart enough to know not to let, you know, negative opinions sit there and make you stop trying to do what you're wanting to do. Right. That's actually kind of like one of the first lessons is just kind of like if you if you like it, then there's odds are someone else will like it, too. You know. OK, so now you also created a, a short horror action film, uh, White Wolf Zombie Killer. Uh, mm -hmm. Did your work in VFX help you as far as making films like that? And you know, for that matter, uh, Falsehood, did, did that uh, experience help you in the, making those films? Absolutely. I mean, honestly, any little like lesson you can glean from anything really from reading a book or or you know watching artwork or uh going to your friend's you know rock band like you know <laughs> recital you know what i mean like any yeah. it all helps it all i i found that it all kind of comes around and then it all kind of starts to uh come into place so the answer is yes because then it gives and then even if i don't do the effects myself me being like knowing the the vocabulary so to speak then it's like, okay, at least I know how it can be done. I won't know how to do it because there's people smarter than me that can do it. Right. But at least I know that, oh, it can be done because I'll have a strategy. And then more times than not, the 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 the, the artists that I'm working with will actually either have, they'll know what I want to do and have a better way of doing it, or they'll understand like, oh, 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 okay, I see what you're trying to do and, you know, that kind of thing. So it just allows you to you know, as a filmmaker, you got to speak a lot of languages. So you got to speak right. actor, you got to speak editor, you got to speak <laughs> camera, you got to speak writer, you got to speak, you know what I mean? So you got to speak VFX artists. So it just helps to know how to speak to the artists that you're collaborating with. Okay, so now you've had the good fortune, you know, because as I've been looking through uh, some of your films, you got some really great performances going on in these films. Uh, you know, you, you had uh, Ann Wells as Bo Peep, you had Jason Frost in uh, Ida E4, uh, also in, in White Wolf Zombie Killer and Sebastian Knox for the girl who couldn't come. Uh, so yeah. how do you go about? Yeah, how do you go about casting your films? Uh, and do you uh, tend to go back to the people you've used before, or how do you go about that? It's honestly just okay. It's such. Um, it's hard. It, I mean, it, it. I I have found that a lot of times, you know, I don't like to audition. Uh, actors don't like auditioning. <laughs> no one likes auditioning. No one likes it. And what's also fascinating, too, is just because you get a good audition, it doesn't mean that necessarily when it's time to shoot and the lights are there and they're on the spot, you know, that uh, that you'll get the same performance. Uh, so I just I find that my approach lately, at least as I got older, was very much kind of uh, eh, Zen like just OK. If I know that they can do it, I just trust it'll show up and it'll be there. So, uh, and a lot of them, they're my friends. I think of them as my friends first. So I guess I have that kind of, kind of underlying trust. Uh, they foolishly trust me. No. Uh, so, <laughs> no, you know what I mean though? But so they're buddies of mine. We hang out and I say, Hey, you know, I understand you've always wanted to play, uh, you know, a, a villain or I always want, I understand you always wanted to play, uh, uh, a romantic uh, role or whatever. And so I always have that in the back of my mind. So then whenever I have some kind of role that might actually fit that, 
uh, wish of theirs, then I give him a chance. Like I had a buddy who, you know, I worked at VFX with and he always wanted to play a zombie. And when I gave him that chance, he was the best zombie I've ever seen. It was like, his, cause it was his bucket list wish, right? So as soon as I put the camera on him, I put the goop on his face, action. <laughs> he was so good that I was like, okay, put him in the front. He's gonna be my hero zombie. He's awesome. Uh, so yeah, I honestly just, I feel like I see, when I see someone that's capable, uh, I give him a chance and I'm just, I just trust that it'll show up. And uh, a lot of times, uh, it does. And when it doesn't, then, you know, you learn how to make do with what's there. You know, it's very much a kind of like a it's like it's like being on Chopped in a way. It's like <laughs> that that show Chopped, you know, it's like you got this, you got that and you got this. Make it work. And that's that's kind of the art. So uh, have, you, have you ever had to let an artist go? All the time. Oh, oh yeah. OK. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, not to, not to. And mind you, it's not like anything adversarial or animosity. It's just a lot of times things don't fit. Like actors will not be comfortable with say, I don't know, the sexuality of a, of a, of a role, you know, that's happened, you know? And then I tried to explain, well, no, no, I'm not going to show anything. I'm not going to, you know, it's nothing going to be risque. I'm not going to show nudity. It's just, but like, you know, like the, like the example of the girl who couldn't come, it's about a girl who can't come, <laughs> literally can't come unless she's listening to Johnny Cash, which I think is hysterical, right? Yeah. Like, you know, some actresses will balk because of the sexual nature of the joke of the movie, right? So, you know, I'm not going to change the, the 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 whole gist of the joke. Just so, and I, you know, like I said, I reassured them. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to show anything. It's the joke is about you know, not being able to come, not showing stuff. So, you know, I've had that happen. So yes, things, things don't work out all the time, but not necessarily for, you know, oh, it's just sometimes it, just like anything else. Sometimes you can be friends and sometimes you can't, and sometimes you can work together and sometimes you can't and so everything in between, you know? So, uh, nothing, um, you know, not, no, no animosity. It's just, oh, it doesn't, you know, not a good fit. That's all happens all right. the time. All right. Okay. So your your latest film entitled Artists in Agony, Hitman at the Coda Tea House. Uh, what was that film based on and uh, how is it different from your previous films? I, I kind of already know, but I'm going to let you tell us. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, okay. It, uh, I was hanging out with my buddy, me and my wife and co-producer Mariana, where uh, uh, kind of my, my buddy went through a breakup and was coming out of an eight-year relationship. So me and my wife were just trying to cheer him up and keep him company and support him. And he just kind of turned to me and said, Kenny, I would love to be uh, in one of your projects chasing after a, you know some bad guys. Can you make that happen? And that was Dave who became Scorpio in the movie. That was Dave. So um, the idea of just the vision of seeing my buddy Dave, you know, chasing after bad guys, for some reason, I saw it as a handheld kind of uh, verite look to it. And so that dovetailed into this wish i've always wanted to do kind of like an improv kind of spinal tap what we do in the shadows kind of thing but you would need really good actors really talented actors that trust me obviously and could pull it off because you know you set the bar really high when you do something like that but i fortunately had really good actors and so we did an experiment which turned out to be their audition tape of sorts and i cut it together and showed it to them and i said hey look i think we have something special if you kind of let me have a few more of these and help me complete an arc, I think we could have a really fun, interesting, weird thing. And they said, yeah. So then that's that's how we got it. Uh, so as far as it looking different from my other work, it's because of just necessity. It's just like, well, this is the camera I have. I decided to just no lights. 
I will just go as fast as I can, focus on performances and just pick good locations. I already picked a good, you know, actor. And so just the, the, the verite gritty kind of dogma, uh, uh, esque look of it is just kind of just happens to be part of, you know, the ingredients that I got to work with. So. And, and saying that, that's pretty much what I like a lot about, about your films. Like I said, they're all very different, uh, different angles, different, you know, it's, it's, it's fascinating actually. Uh, uh, so now you have, as I've been looking over this, you've been pretty much a multitasking creation team for most of your films, uh, mm -hmm. serving in all kinds of capacities. So, uh, and I don't know if this has actually already happened to you or not, but when you, when the opportunity arises for you to just direct a film, and let other people do all that other stuff. Will you have a trouble letting go of some of that control? Oh my goodness, that's a wonderful question. Um, the answer is, will I have trouble? I hope not. I'll say that because <laughs> if I have, uh, if I chose, if I, if I, honestly, if you pick the right, uh, if you surround yourself with the right talent, you don't have to worry because it'll be there, right? It's like if you pick the right actor, it, it'll it'll be there. And then, uh, so the answer to your question. Um, I, I don't think so. If, if I, you know, if I, if, if the people that I'm working with are good and I, I get what I'm, you know, they understand what we're all trying to, cause honestly, I don't, I, I just want the best, the best idea wins, so to speak. Right. So I don't, you know, I obviously have veto power, but I really like it when everyone, I want everyone to shine. You know what I mean? So I want everyone to do their best work. Cause in the end I get the credit. No, uh, but <laughs> no, but, but to be honest, like, no, I encourage everyone to do their best work when they're working with me and vice versa. So, uh, no, I, I think I'm, I, I, I might be tempted. I won't lie, but yeah, I'm sure if they're doing it right and everyone is like, you know, killing it, then I, I would love to be more than just happily stand there and go, yep, that was good. Cause it's funny as a director, you do everything and you do nothing. At the same time, you don't act it, you don't shoot it, you don't. I mean, in the case of Artists in Agony, I did shoot it, uh, but uh, you know, generally speaking, like you don't shoot it, you don't act it, you don't. But you just make sure that it's going right. So it's kind of a weird job where you do everything and you do nothing. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. Uh, well, actually, Kenneth, that's what I have for you today. But before I let you go, I want to give you an opportunity to talk about any other new projects you have coming. Uh, you seem to be a very busy fellow, so I don't doubt that you do. Uh, but I want to give you an opportunity to talk about that. Uh, for our audience. No, right now we're just in complete uh, promo mode for Artists in Agony, which we worked really hard on over a 10 year period and uh, you know, on and off kind of like following style the way Nolan did following because we all have jobs. We all you know have day <laughs> jobs. So yeah, we're in complete uh, promo mode to when, when it'll be on Tubi July 21st. So we're just excited and you can see little extras. Remember DVDs had extras? We have <laughs> something like that. Uh, on our website, Artists in Agony, and there's some cool merch there too. Uh, so yeah, just there's a lot of extras and uh, cool little Artists in Agony universe things on artistsinagony.com. Uh, if you're interested in seeing any of my older shorts and stuff, you can see those. I actually just put those up recently on kennethlui.com, L-U-I. So there you go. And we're on Instagram uh, at Mental Pictures Productions. So, yeah. so. And, and I recommend you that you do check it out on his website because, uh, like I said, there's some really cool stuff and very imaginative stuff. Oh, that, I appreciate uh, that. Uh, so, so I, I recommend that. Okay, well, we appreciate it, uh, you, Kenny. And uh, now that I'm, uh, I'm familiar, I am going to be following exactly uh, what your career will behold. And like I said, I actually expect at some point in time you'd be just uh, 
directing some films, but uh, hey, this is working, so just keep doing this, if, if nothing else. Uh, Thanks, so uh, uh, I appreciate it, and uh, hopefully talk to you again in the future. I would love that. All right, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to GVN's Talking Comics. Please come back again. Talking Comics is a production of Geek Vibes Nation.